You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Now, it is time. Hampton Roads' favorite teams and players take center stage. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here on a Reaction Monday. And yeah, we have a lot to react to. We have a lot to react to, and there's there's some victory laps being taken. Meaning... I don't know if there was a lot of talk about a certain team or a certain player, maybe displacing another team or a certain player like the, the Bengals displacing the chiefs at the top of the AFC or burrow displacing Mahomes at the top of the rankings. Yeah. looks like that little premature, little premature. That's one of my first reactions. There's a whole bunch of different things and different ways we can react to both the AFC and NFC championship games. It's the Chiefs. It's the Eagles in the Super Bowl. We want to hear from you. 757-687-9494. That is 757-687-9494 for all of your reactions to the Chiefs and the Eagles outlasting everyone in their conference. Who, by the way, only two teams with a bye make it top seeds make it so you could say the better teams will be playing against each other in the super bowl interesting little uh side note but again the numbers both call and text 757-687-9494 now we were talking about the victory laps if you have been able to despite all of the chiefs slander Stay true to the, you know what, they're probably the best team in the AFC, or Mahomes is probably the best player in the league. You've been able to stay true to that common sense opinion. You probably want to be a little bit like Travis Kelsey, who grabbed the microphone at the end of the game and gave us a soundbite for all time. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Robbie, be ready to play that one again because that one was directed towards the the Cincinnati mayor, right, who uh, put out a weird video saying that Patrick Mahomes was going to take a paternity test to see if he was still the father of Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow was going to take the, the paternity test. It's a weird thing to say. But honestly, know your role, shut your mouth, you jabroni. How about everybody that said, if Joe Burrow wins this one, he's going to go ahead and be the Patrick Mahomes best quarterback replacement. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Everybody that said uh, the, the Chiefs own the AFC, everybody that said the uh, clutch gene for Patrick Mahomes had gone away. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. And let's be real. It wasn't really Patrick Mahomes, or sorry, it wasn't really Travis Kelsey that said that. Although he used the words and, and he he was filling himself in the postgame. It wasn't really Travis Kelsey that said that. It was Patrick Mahomes that said that with how he played. Very obviously not 100%. Although he did move better. Here's Booger McFarlane on NFL Primetime. 
going into the week, all week long, what was the question? Would Mahomes be able to move? Is he going to be able to beat Patrick Mahomes? Right. Can he keep plays alive? Can he scramble? Can he do different things? I think that's what we all wanted to see. Boom. He moved a lot better than I thought he yes. was going to move. Think about the plays that he kept alive down the sideline. Think yes. about the scramble at the end of the game. His movement throughout the game was probably the most surprising thing for a guy coming off a high ankle sprain key. It was a magnificent performance from him based on what we thought he was going to be. Hmm. I give him a lot of credit for that, right? It seems like there, there's, there's the response of Patrick Mahomes, oh, the injury wasn't as bad as we thought, or oh, he, I think he played through some pain. Right? Imagine being in that situation. You have a high ankle sprain. Everybody knows you have a high ankle sprain. You decide, I'm going to tough it out for my teammates. You go tough it out. You play through it, including running on the final drive, right? including uh, taking hits. And then everybody says the injury wasn't as bad. It's like, no, no, the injury was as bad. I'm just a true football player out here. At very obviously not 100%, he threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and I'll give it to you, a really weird fumble. The only reason that Patrick Mahomes' AFC championship game hasn't already become a piece of folklore is because we compare it to his recent performances. Dan Orlovsky on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Patrick, that's why he's the MVP. The MVP played like an MVP. And the last two playoffs, we've had two of the best quarterback performances we're ever going to see. And they just so happen to belong to Patrick. I think yesterday was the perfect example of Patrick Mahomes. He did stuff that we just don't understand and can't comprehend. He made a few throws that would be franchise highlights, and he was doing it on one and a half ankles. If Jalen Hurts did in the NFC Championship game what Patrick Mahomes did in the AFC Championship game, there's a at least a halfway decent chance they'd be building a statue of Jalen Hurts next to the, the Philly Philly statue. Now, Jalen Hurts didn't even play well in the NFC Championship game, and they might build a statue about him. I, I think... You know, and, and I'm glad it played out this way because going into the game, going into that AFC championship game, when everyone wanted to ask, is Joe Burrow the face of the league? Would Joe Burrow take the mantle if he, he wins this game? If they beat Kansas City for the fourth straight time, Joe Burrow this, the, the, the Bengals that, I was saying it doesn't matter. Even if the Bengals won, I wasn't going to make all the big dramatic torch passes. But I'm glad it happened the way it happened, meaning I'm glad uh, Patrick Mahomes played much better than, than Joe Burrow and that the Chiefs won because that allows us to, to move on from those conversations swiftly. Right, That allows us to move on, move on from those conversations and we don't even have to explain why they should have been moved, moved away from even after a loss for Kansas City. Now, there's a lot to break down from these games. Yes, we'll talk about the referees. There's a lot to break down from these games. Yes, we'll talk about San Francisco running out of quarterbacks. They just did not have any quarterback that could throw 10 yards. Right? There's a lot to get to about all of it. But my number one takeaway was King stays king, right? The, 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 the top of the pedestal, the, the top of the rankings stayed the top of the rankings. Right? The injuries, the refs. Think about how random the outcomes feel this weekend. Okay, think about that. 
Think about how random the refs impact everything, right? Injuries can pop up at the worst time. Drop passes, made uh, catches that were catches, but if you go back and look at it, they're not catches, but they didn't get the challenge flag in time, so it stays a catch. Think of all of the random that happened. Now think about the Chiefs making it to five straight AFC championship games and three of the last four Super Bowls. That randomness, they're able to basically make it to a game within uh, to within a game of the Super Bowl regardless knowing all of those little one-off things the things that seem completely out of your control at any point in time could take them out right if you're the if you're the Bengals you're sitting at home you're blaming the refs you're saying gosh this thing outside of our control kept us from the playoffs kept us from the Super Bowl if you're the Niners and you're at home right now Gosh, these random injuries, starting with Trey Lance and then Jimmy G and then Brock Purdy and then Josh Johnson, kept us from the Super Bowl. Well, the the unexpected and uncontrollable happened to the good teams too. The fact that they're consistently good is nuts. It's crazy. The fact that you can so often and so consistently be in the Super Bowl or in the AFC Championship game, it doesn't make any sense. Actually, it does make sense. And the sense is, Patrick Mahomes is that dude. Patrick Mahomes is that dude. Every time you watch a quarterback out there hobbling through a game, and you're going, oh man, what a bummer, he's hurt. Just if, if you put up 326 yards, it's still you were hurt. It's just you played through it and you played well. I'm sure he's very sore right now, and I'm sure he's loving the fact that there's a a bye leading into the Super Bowl, as we all should be because we want these teams to be at their peak. Now, I know you know Philly's never going to go back and give anyone or another chance or anything, say we didn't deserve it, but I, I hope somewhere deep within their competitive spirit, they wanted Brock Purdy to play that whole game. They wanted to make Brock Purdy look like he he was flustered, and he was up until he got hurt. But they they wanted to make Brock Purdy feel that way. I, you don't want injuries to affect anything, and I'm glad it didn't in Kansas City. Now we get to go to Arizona, right? Now on to the next. It is a reaction Monday. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. That is 757-687-9494. And there are a... Uh, I actually like that we had some some people texting in during the the actual games. I wanted to react to one of them real quick. Um, the NFL, and this this is, I would say, every professional sport, barring a Tim Donahue situation where there is one rogue individual that can impact a game, they are not rigging or scheming or trying to put a team into the a certain part of the postseason. They weren't trying to make the the Chiefs look good. They weren't trying to put the Chiefs into the postseason. or into I keep saying that, into the Super Bowl. I want it to be the beginning of the postseason. I want to have more than one game left. It wasn't the, the – if there was a bad call, which there were some of, not all of the ones that are being touted as bad calls were bad calls, but there were some. They're just bad calls. Okay. That's that wasn't like Roger Goodell, uh, you know, jumping into the the head headset of the we're gonna we're gonna need to get Patrick Mahomes into the postseason. Wasn't gonna happen. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, ninety four point one seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four is the call in line. That's also the text line. We'll get to some of your reactions and 
because it is a reaction Monday, we'll get to your reactions about everything that happened, AFC, NFC championship game. But I also want to get to the the Niners running out of quarterbacks. That doesn't happen in football often. They had nobody that could throw it 10-plus yards that played quarterback in the NFC championship game. Stick around. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Checking off the safety and letting it rip on the mic. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. It's a reaction Monday, which means we want your reactions. Now, this is a very special reaction Monday because there are two games with 900 million things you could react to. Of course, we're talking about the Eagles beating the Niners in the NFC Championship game and the Chiefs beating the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. For some of that reaction, we'll go to Nelson and Chesapeake on the call-in line. You can call in and text in as well. The the number is the same as it always is, 757-687-9494. Nelson, thanks for calling in. What's your reaction to the the conference championships? Well, my reaction uh, as the son of Essie Coca Dozier is uh, it was phenomenal, man. I I didn't think – it could be pulled off, uh, especially with, with the injury, ankle injury, and Jalen uh, Hur- uh, Hurts having the shoulder industry injury. And to you, man, for keeping it real, you get the Essie Coca Doja Award for keeping it real. These guys did it without cheating. And in all sports, and this is coming from your radio spot, in all sports, all the cheaters from uh, Pete Rose to the track stars, you know, I just want the world to know that you know, with the Steelers having won as many championships as the Patriots, these guys did it without cheating. And, and these two quarterbacks are have been talked about, especially uh, uh, Kansas City's quarterback, are being talked about for being on par with Tom Brady. But the coach, Brady himself, they cheated. So I'm just not wanting all these sports casters across the country and fans to keep throwing Brady up top, but he got there and he's phenomenal. Brady's phenomenal, but he got there cheating. And and that puts him in the category with all other athletes in every sport. And, and only you and a few other people have said it. And that's all I want to say is these two guys are at the top of the game. The Steelers are the best team of all time. And, and their coach here at uh, Kansas city, the boy's bad. Uh, uh, Coach Reed is a phenomenal dude. That's all I wanted to say, man. You get the award for keeping it real, coming from the SC Coca Doja camp right here in the 757. Y'all know who I am. I came out of the Stallions. I came out of Indian River Braves. But y'all, <laughs> hey, man, you keeping it real, bro. Thank you very much, Nelson. I appreciate that. I like. I got. I got an award on a Monday. That doesn't. That doesn't perk you up a little bit, right? Give you a little. Give you a little juice. Um, I. I. What I'll say is. The Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes stories, I, I don't want to pretend like they are uh, Rudy, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman at Alabama. That that doesn't, you know, dad's a coach, like a lot a lot of things going going his way. Patrick Mahomes, his, his dad was a Major League Baseball player, right? So he knows what professional sports look like, but that doesn't mean these guys that were were the Goliaths of their recruiting class and all that sort of thing. Or, you know, in Jalen Hurts' case, even though he was a very, very big recruit, uh, you know, he was benched for Tua. So they, they've overcome some adversity to end up here. You know, I, I think that's a big, big reason of, of why they ended up here. Uh, let's go to Mike in Hampton. Uh, call in lines open, 757-687-9494. Mike, appreciate the call. What's your reaction to the weekend? 
Mike. Hello, how you doing? Hey, man, you're on air. What's your reaction? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, just got a concern about Josh. Jo- just, We're talking Josh Johnson here? Yes, sir. 15 years in the league and playing like he's a rookie. He was very nervous. He was scared. And I couldn't believe how San Francisco had a rookie quarterback to take them and win five or six games straight, and this guy couldn't win two or three quarters. I mean, the guy, I mean, I'm, I'm upset with him. It's not Shanahan. It's not nobody but him. He ruined that game yesterday. He couldn't even get the ball off in time. Look at the penalties that he had. Then he, get, then he lost the ball. He had no sense of urgency to even go get the ball. So if anybody watched the game, they would, they would know what I'm talking about. All right, Mike. I mean, Mike, I, I, this, this is the worst I've seen it, man. I tell you, I, you know, fifteen years in the league. Come on. Thank you, for, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate the call. Um, I can see why a Niners fan would be frustrated with Josh Johnson, especially like catching snaps, um, seemingly easy throws. But there is, there's. He was put in a really, really, really tough spot. Okay? And and not just because, um, right, he he's fresh to the team. He was signed in December. Right? So he's got to pick up the offense, all that sort of stuff. He was signed in December. But also, um, the Eagles defense is really good. Right? It, it, they've made quarterbacks that have started all year look poor. Right? They've made it quarterbacks that have that have – been invested into by their teams look like they're not so good. So you put a guy in there who, yes, he's in whatever it is, his 10th year in the league, but also, you know, he's been cut like a billion times, right? This is not somebody that has had, you know, he's in the 10th year in the league because everybody's wanted him at all points in time. Uh, throughout his career, he's been with the Buccaneers for from 09 to 11, Cleveland in 12, Bengals in 13, Niners in 14, and now again in 2021 and then again in 2022-2023, Jets in 15 and 21, Colts in 15, Buffalo in 15, Ravens in 2016 and 2021, Giants in 2017, Houston in 2017, Washington in 2018, Lions in 2019, Denver in 2021. He's appeared in just 37 games, nine starts, which is really not that many. So he was thrown into that game as somebody that, yes, has been in the league for 10, 12 years, but also has been cut 15 times. I don't know how much you expect from a guy who's been cut that often. Now, maybe catching snaps, yes, but also, I mean, his first postseason completion came in that game earlier. It's it's a really, really tough spot. I don't want to pile on Josh Johnson, but I will say this. I don't care how talented the Niners roster is, and and – I'm sure it was frustrating to feel like you have this Ferrari of uh, Christian McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo and Ayuk, and, and, and you couldn't zoom, right? You couldn't get it going. But I don't care how talented the roster is, and I don't care how good of a play caller Kyle Shanahan is. The NFC Championship game was over as soon as Brock Purdy got hurt. As soon as, right, they, they, there was that meme going around. I don't know if it actually happened, but the picture of Purdy walking up to Kyle Shanahan and saying, like, it's, it's a no-go. As soon as that happened, the NFC Championship was over. Here's Brock Purdy on what it felt like being hit in the elbow and what it felt since. 
you know, my arm just felt like it stretched out. Um, just felt like really a lot of just shocks all over from my elbow down to my wrist, front and back. Just pain, really, all over. Pain all over. I mean, it's not the most detailed uh, diagnosis, but if you can't throw, you can't throw. The San Francisco 49ers were in the NFC Championship game and didn't have a capable quarterback, or sorry, a quarterback capable of throwing a pass over 5 or 10 yards. Well, George Kittle, I think, summed it up pretty well on how that felt. How's that feel to lose in the NFC Championship game because I don't have a quarterback? Pretty s***, to be honest. Yeah, that's about it. Yep. I'm sure that's how it felt. I'm sure that's how it felt. I mean, it must, and it would be as if like you're 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 in a like the Masters or the U.S. Open playing golf, and you broke your driver, right? Just smashed it. Not not on like some anger stuff. Just you know, hit the ball as you should, and the club broke, and they didn't let you replace it. And you lost because it's like, well, I can't hit it 300 anymore. Like, it just feels like it, it. we didn't lose. We just didn't have it. And it's a bummer for even us, right? We wait all year for the biggest games of the postseason. We wait all year to get the good teams against the good teams with all the chips on the table. And it's a shame that this one was over so early. Josh Johnson went out there, and there is that, that moment of hope where you're like, maybe there will be some magic, right? About four plays into him being the, the quarterback out there, I was like, mm, nope. The Eagles' defense was really the, – the Eagles may have – I'm not even going to hold this against the Eagles. They may have made Brock Purdy look as bad as the, the offense looked for San Francisco the rest of the game, but we're never going to know. right? Brock Purdy had that weird fumble where he slapped it forward. Like That had already happened, so it's not like Brock Purdy was out there lighting it up. right? CMC did everything he could do. That one run touchdown run alone was – Pretty darn impressive. But as soon as Brock Purdy said, I'm done, right? As soon as as soon as Brock Purdy said, mm, Coach, I can't go. If your expectation was Josh Johnson was going to go in there and light up Philly, that's rough. And then once Josh Johnson got out with the concussion, when Brock Purdy came in and couldn't throw, if your expectation was somehow he was going to pull a rabbit out of a hat, that's that's unfair expectations. And, and for everyone on Twitter that was saying they should just put CMC a quarterback and run the Wildcat, that's unfair expectations. That wasn't going to beat one of the best defenses in the league. They had CMC throw the one pass where he, he kind of got panicked, stepped up, and chucked it to nobody in particular down the left side. That's what you would have got. Would have been fun to watch, but if they're just trying to win, need a quarterback on the field. Last thing I'll say. This should put the the absolute 100% double stamp, a triple stamp. You dress three quarterbacks in the postseason. The fact that they only had two, you sign one off the street and you put them in there in pads, you need three quarterbacks. Take off the eighth wide receiver or the fourth tight end. If those guys, if, you, if it comes down to it, like, oh, we needed our fourth tight end, you can make do, right? Put four wide receivers on the field. You can't play without a quarterback. Put three of them on your roster. Again, the call in line, 757-687-9494. Your reactions to everything that happened. AFC, NFC Championship Games. Obviously, we now have the the, uh, Chiefs and Eagles set up in the Super Bowl. How did we get there? When we get there? 
What are your reactions? Let's go to the call in line. Keith in the 757 uh, has uh, a take on Kyle Shanahan. So uh, we'll go to Keith. Keith, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Hey, Tim. Hey, Keith, go ahead and turn turn your radio down real quick and then give us your reaction. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was one of those ones that sat back and said, man, I, I thought they would have worked for the um, – could have used the uh, uh, Wildcat offense. But you're right, that, that uh, Philadelphia defense wasn't going to have it. My thing also is take a look at the 49ers. They had the easiest schedule throughout the year, the NFC West, the NFC South, and the AFC, uh, the AFC West. They only played four teams that had uh, a winning record and only placed one top 10 defense, and that was Denver. And it all showed up yesterday. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, and this is, this is exactly what I was talking about. I wish we could have seen it with Brock Purdy. Because there's a really good chance that the Eagles still would have dominated defensively. And then we could put that – but it's it's hard for me to say. They didn't play anybody. The offense wasn't any good. That's obvious. They didn't play any good defenses. But that's that doesn't feel fair because it's like well, – trust me. If you take any team in the NFL and you give them a quarterback that can only throw seven yards and probably not with any pop, right, like a, lo- a loping seven yards, they're not going to be good. I don't care if it's a bad defense. They're not going to be good. Go back to the call in lines quickly here. Uh, we are in a very accountable show. Pierre said he wants his credit. Pierre in Virginia Beach is, is on the call in line. You can be as well, 757-687-9494. Pierre, thanks for calling in. Uh, what's your, your gloat here? <laughs> My gloat is uh, you, you have, you've said several times that, that, uh, they, that the 49ers would have done better if they had a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But how did this quarterback get knocked out of the game? Because the Eagles put him out of the game. I'm not. I'm not happy that he's hurt. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to see him play, but the, the fact is, the Eagles' defense put their hands on him to get him out of the game. They put their hands on the backup, the other backup, to get him out of the game. That Eagles' defense was the truth. And like I said on Friday, Jalen Hurts' legs was going to be too much for San Francisco. Appreciate um, pre- appreciate be, the call. Supposed to be, they were supposed to be the best defense in the league, and he ate them up. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, a few things here. One, yes, they they did tackle or get their hand on Brock Purdy to hurt him. Um, if every time a quarterback got tackled, they got hurt, it would be a very different beast, right? The, the fact of the matter is the Chiefs were getting home to Bro- uh, Joe Burrow a bunch early on, right? 1.3 consecutive dropbacks. But guess what? Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, so he continued playing and let a comeback. Brock Purdy was was taking hits early. That's not to say that he wouldn't have stayed in the game and let a comeback if he didn't get hurt. And I'm, I'm like, oh, you fell on him funny? That's what you want your, your credit for? You fell on him funny and he hurt his elbow? Lastly, and, and we're going to come back to this, uh, Jalen Hurts didn't dominate that game. I, I'm fine with the play calling. I'm fine with the game plan. It worked and it was smart. As soon as the Eagles recognized that the Niners defense, or sorry, the Niners offense was shot because of the injuries, they said, we're just going to run the ball a billion times. But Jalen Hurts did not dominate that game. And we'll, we'll, we'll put it that way and we'll come back to it later. But again, 757-687-9494. When we come back, sounds of the weekend. We'll play it for you so you can hear it for yourself. Stick around. Sometimes you just have to hear it for yourself. It's the sounds of the weekend on the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Sounds of the weekend here on the Tim Donnelly Show. 
We'll get it started with an early play in that Niners-Eagles game that, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has to answer for in some respect. It went like this. They need three. Hurts runs out of the pocket, looking for a deep Devontae Smith. One-hander! It's the end! He's got it! It wasn't a one-hander. and Well, actually, it was a one-hander, but he didn't have it. Right? The... the First of all, the broadcast didn't do a great job of getting us the, the the best replay first. But somebody in the Niners system has to see that that's not a catch and get the, the flag out there. Now, I'm not saying it would have changed the game. Probably not. Probably changes it from like a 31-7 to 7 win to a 27-7 20, to, to win. But, uh, but you've got to be better with your challenges. And that's... Now we're diving like next step. We're, we're starting at square one. We're jumping to square five. But Kyle Shanahan's a play caller. He's an offensive mind, right? When the defense is on the field, he probably is thinking and or talking about what the play calls are going to be on offense. There might be something to set, be, be said for a head coach that can be a head coach, right? Timeouts, challenges, clock management, team management, and let the coordinators coordinate. But at least he he was able to get uh, Christian McCaffrey in the end zone. Eh, let's not give him credit on the play call. Christian McCaffrey got Christian McCaffrey in the end zone. Here is McCaffrey, right side, breaks a tackle. Good shifty move, gets that. Still going! McCaffrey's going to score! It, it, it does feel like Christian McCaffrey said out loud, I'm not going out like this. When scored for the ninth straight game, I think it was. Uh... He's really good, and, and that was the, the Fox broadcast there on, on both of the clips. He's really good, and again, again, the Eagles might have bottled everybody up anyway, but I wish we could have seen what CMC had in store for him. And it might have been, like I said, it might have been just a bunch more Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Hassan Reddick. For a two-minute drive. Ball is bobbled, and it's on the ground and loose. Who's going to get it? He just dropped it. I mean, that was a good snap. The Eagles have it. Hassan Reddick, not, I mean, that one, the fumble recovery, I don't know how much he had to do with it. Josh Josh Johnson just dropped it, as you heard Greg Olson describe on Fox. But uh, Reddick was a monster. Every Whoever was a quarterback, <laughs> Reddick was making his life very, very difficult. And here's the thing. Reddick's a free agent acquisition. Howie Roseman for MVP. If it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles. The way that roster was acquired, everything from Kelsey, draft pick, uh, Graham, draft pick, Hurts, second round pick, right? The, 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 the core drafted and then free agents like Reddick brought in and then the, 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 the sprinkles on top traded for, right? A.J. Brown. There's, there's a lot of, of very, very good and resourceful roster building that ends up with maybe I would actually say the most complete roster in the NFL Hassan Reddick is I mean that is you know how uh, if, if you ever I don't know how many people get to do this you walk into like a NFL players house or something they always have game balls and it's written like you know uh, game winning touchdown for this team here was the score here was the date they get it nice and like painted on Howie Roseman should have a game ball that says, like, Hassan Reddick signed on this day, did this much in the NFC Championship game six months later. 
That's a good move, point blank. Uh, a less good move, Joseph Osai for the Bengals on this play. Snap. Two receivers out to each side. Mahomes with a deep drop. Finish. Now moving in the pocket. Running to the right and running well. He's at the 50. He's trying to run for the first down. He goes out uh, of bounds. And the Bengals no. push him after no. he was out of bounds. Multiple flags Ugh. are going to tack 15 yards onto this play. Eight seconds left in regulation. And with that penalty, the Chiefs will be in field goal range. Man, you have to be more aware. This football team has got a lot of awareness. Not on that play. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness, defense, number 58. Penalty is 15 yards from the end of the play. Automatic first down. Rough look for Osai. Really, really tough look. I think awareness is the good good term there. The thing is, it's a hustle error. And, and what I talk about often is I can put up with hustle errors, right? I don't like the chippiness after the play. I don't like what Trent Williams did. I don't because that's you can stop that. If you're just hustling to make a play, and after the game, his justification was completely right. Now, he did it really poorly, but he said, My goal was to get Patrick Mahomes not moving forward because if his uh before he goes out of bounds, because if his forward progress is stopped before he gets out of bounds, then uh the clock winds, the clock keeps going. So I love that he's thinking that way. That's like so close to being great situational football. The problem is you run hard to get him going back until he's anywhere near the sideline. Then you stop at all costs. You stop everything. Of course, he didn't do that. But this is different than, like I remember a couple years ago, uh, the the Gators, the Florida Gators lost a game because a guy threw a shoe. Remember? And you're just like, gosh, that is, uh, all the vitriol is going to be kind of warranted. This one, he is going to be a pariah, right? The the post-game interview, his teammate had to stand with him and say, like, that's a question that's okay enough to ask. That question, you're being a jerk. That question, he's going to have a really, really rough go of it. I can't imagine being his family watching that game. And and he was just out there hustling to make a play. I bet you two steps before he pushed him out of bounds, which he did, and it's a penalty, and you can't do it. You won't do it. You shouldn't do it. He was probably thinking, I'm going to be, I'm going to save the game. I'm going to make this play. I'm going to push him. He's going to go back, and it's going to, oh, man, I'm going to be the guy. Everybody's going to love me. Then he pushed him. His knee buckled, and he was like, this is going to be terrible. This is awful. I'm going to be crying on the sideline. Professional sports, man. They change quickly. Speaking of professional sports, let's go to a different one. How about a little NBA action simply because I saw the funniest technical foul I've ever seen came from Patrick Beverly. 13-107. Here's the play. At the end of regulation, LeBron James drives. They thought he was fouled. Lakers very upset. And as the teams went to the benches and before overtime started, Patrick Beverly comes out on the floor to Eric Lewis with a camera. I mean, just ridiculous. And Eric Lewis rightfully tees him up. You said they thought he was fouled. He was fouled. I like the clarification. So if you couldn't tell from the call, uh, Patrick Beverly found a photographer sitting courtside that had a picture of LeBron extending the ball and Jason Tatum's hand hitting LeBron on the forearm. Very obviously a foul. Uh, if you, you probably saw LeBron being a little dramatic. Uh, I kind of love the camera move. Now it's stupid and it's going to cost your team and you shouldn't do it. But it gets the point across. One time, the, the closest moment I had to this, and I've told it on air before, but it kind of fits. Uh, 
there was a play that was very obviously defensive pass interference. I threw the ball. Basically, our wide receiver got tackled. There was no call. And then we had a TV timeout. And uh, our coach was arguing with the head official. So we're all just kind of standing around waiting for, for that to finish. And the, co- the ref that actually made the call, I saw was standing and he was facing the Jumbotron. So I just walked up to him and I said, Mr. Official, I was quarterback, so you're allowed to have these conversations. Mr. Official, I said, we're just going to watch this together. And at this point, I knew he couldn't like turn and not look because then it would look like he's intentionally like pulling the wool over his eyes. So we just stood there. He didn't say anything. We looked it up on the screen. We watched it happen. I looked at him and he raised his eyebrows to me as if to say, yeah, missed that one. But it was college. You can't go back and throw a flag. So I was hoping in my in my brain, I was like, he owes us one and he knows it. I don't know if he ever paid it off, but uh, I didn't get a flag thrown on me. Patrick Beverly did. So Beverly got to be a little bit more smooth with it. That's all I got to say. Uh, and then speaking of technicals, two of the wildest basketball plays, like not like, oh, that's a wild dunk or that's a wild shot. Just wild. Happened on the same week. Here's an ESPN uh, clip from the, the Sixers game. Remember the last time I saw a technical? No, you're four absolutely right. Oh, Harden was sitting on the on the bench. That's why the ball got deflected. Harden was on the bench. So again, it's hard to tell by the broadcast because even they were confused. Uh, I'm guessing there was some kind of dead ball, timeout, whatever. And the Sixers sent four players onto the field, which is a technical. But before anyone realized, James Harden, who was on the bench, recognized, and in the middle of the play, just stood up and ran into the game. And the ball bounced. Someone, of course, wasn't looking for him there. So the, the other team threw the ball off the side of his head. And everyone was just confused. Again, a personal story of people on the court. And I actually just told this story to my buddy uh, this weekend. Which may, maybe I like put it into the, the ether. And that's why th- this happened. Uh, Delaware basketball. End of a close game. Tie ball game. I think there was eight seconds on the clock. I'm filming. I'm, I'm like student media making highlight films and stuff for the, the, the Delaware website. And I'm, I'm looking and I go, Delaware has the ball, tie game, eight seconds left. Delaware puts six guys on the court. So I, I you can see it. on. We had it on, on camera. Me go one, two, in camera. So I'm filming and you see me count like with the, the viewfinder, six guys on the court. And then this is what you're not supposed to do as a journalist. Young journalists don't. You see me put the lens drops and I just start screaming, yo, yo, trying to get the coaches to look at me to say six guys. And I'm screaming six, six guys. No one notices. They play all eight seconds with six guys on the court, miss the jumper to win the game. They're walking to the the sideline to get ready for overtime. The assistant coach makes eye contact with me. I'll never forget. And I could say his name, but he's coaching elsewhere now. He looks at me and he just goes like with a, with a very dramatic, like fake sweat wipe from his forehead he goes and he does the fake sweat and and i'm like we're in a stadium full of thousands of people there are two college basketball teams three referees it was an eight second left if they scored they won the game and there were two people in the entire arena that noticed there were six guys on the court and it was me and this assistant coach and i'm screaming and he played it cool he just called the bluff and didn't say anything James Harden would have just ran off the court if he was one of the six. He just would have took off for the tunnel. That's it for Sounds of the Weekend. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Then they went to overtime, and I believe Delaware won. And and I went and found the assistant coach after. I was like, what, what were you guys doing? He was like, eh, it was a mistake. Miscommunication. 
Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Get your calls and texts in now. More of your reaction to AFC, NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl matchup being set coming up next, as well as Adam Schefter reporting the Packers would prefer to trade Aaron Rodgers. LeBron James is the highest paid athlete in the world. Imagine how much he could make if he made the playoffs. The Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. It is a Reaction Monday, one of my favorite days of the entire year, where we get to react to the AFC and NFC Championship games. There are those that believe that the Super Bowl isn't for football fans. The Super Bowl is for everybody. Conference championship weekend, that's for football fans, right? The Super Bowl is a party with, with, with commercials and a concert and there's drinks and chips everywhere. AFC championship, NFC championship weekend, the football fans just plant themselves to the couch and don't move for nine hours. That's the stuff dreams are made of. I like reacting to those kind of stuff. I like reacting to the football fans. As does Stephen Bloxham, who's on the call-in line. You can be as well, 757-687-9494. That's 757-687-9494. Steve, thanks for calling in. What's your reaction to the, the weekend in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I talked to you about about three or four weeks ago, right in the beginning of the playoffs. All right. And uh, I told you I was, I'm a commander fan at heart, but, but the chiefs are my second favorite team. They were my late father's favorite team. So therefore I, I followed them when the commanders. Favorite. All right. I, I was going to make fun of you for being a little bit of a, a, a front runner there. My second favorite team is the chiefs, but, but if, if it's a, a thing with your pops, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, I just want to give props to the down defensive linemen of the chiefs that they played outstanding. I thought, um, they, I think, would they have five sacks on Burrow or four? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, five, the but they, they set the tone early with those three quick ones. Yeah, they did. They did, and uh, I think they played outstanding. Uh, I was always worried, uh, like I have been for the last couple years with the secondary of the Chiefs, now especially that the Honey Badger's gone. And they, I really thought that Cincinnati was going to eat the secondary up with, with Chase and and the other guy. Was it Higgins? Yep, Higgins. Uh, and 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 I'm out. At one time, they threw in the double coverage, and mm-hmm. and Chase just jumped up, and and I I said, oh my God, here we go, classic late game Kansas City secondary collapse. But but their their front defensive lineman kind of held it in there, kept kept them in check, and uh, they pulled it off. And and I'm happy to say, I hope, I hope they show up that that well against uh, Philadelphia. But uh, I, anyway, I do. That's all. I, I do say. appreciate that call. Uh, call back in anytime. Seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Now we're going to talk about this as the 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 show goes on. But the Chiefs' defensive front, they are going from from hitting off a tee against Cincinnati to the pitching machine that you crank all the way up to like a hundred and two just to see how it feels. Right, I feel like we all do that at like 16 years old, right? You you know somebody with a pitching machine, and you just look at the the little uh, twist knob, and it's like this thing can go up to 102. You crank it up, and then you just stand in the box and go, "Yep, nope, (laughs) I could foul this one off." Um, The the Cincinnati Bengals defense, or sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line was wildly injured, (laughs) wildly uh, undermanned. And I think because they they like made it work 
in in the previous round, everyone went, oh, yeah, these backups that are thrown together and held together with gum, gum and, and shoestrings, they're great. They'll work. We don't have to worry about them against Kansas City. But you had to worry about them against Kansas City. Uh, you know, Chris Jones and, and, and that defensive front, they, they were working against backups and they were working against guys that physically weren't up to, to the challenge of, of Chris Jones or some of these wild athletes that, that Kansas City has. So Kansas City's defensive front was able to set the tone. Like I said, those, those three sacks in the first quarter were, were, I think, very important towards preventing uh, Cincinnati from, from going deep to chase as much as they'd like. It felt like they only did that when they had to rather than when they wanted to. And I think it's because they just didn't believe that, that Burrow would have, have enough time. And, and then going from that to the Eagles offensive front, that's a different beast, right? Going from makeshift guys picked up off the street, uh, guys that were cut by the Texans in preseason and claimed by the the Bengals who are just thrown together and trying to make it work to a really dominant offensive line in Philly, obviously headlined by the Hall of Famer Kelsey, but but they're good on on all fronts. That's going to be a different different kind of task for the Chiefs defensive front, and because of that, that makes it a different kind of task for the linebackers and a different kind of task for the 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 secondary. Right? You might only have to guard for two and a half seconds when, when your defensive front is running through that, that backup-laden Bengals offense. You might have to block for five and a half seconds if, if they're trying to make their way through a bunch of, of immovable objects on Philly. But I do think since he's, since he's offensive front made a big deal about it. Uh, Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. Maybe we'll get to Rodgers later in the show. Maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. Uh, but either way, we're going to keep reacting to the AFC and NFC Championship game, so I want to keep hearing from you. Call and text 757-687-9494. It's the same number for both calls and texts. 757-687-9494. This is how I'm describing Philadelphia's offense, okay? They found a way. They didn't run over anybody. They found a way, which is a positive thing. We'll talk about it next.